0: I got a billion dollar mindset, steady as a flow, on my time spent, letting me know, billion dollar, billion dollar, billion dollar. Hey yo, what is going on? Welcome to the show, Into the Mind. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, and I'm a parkour athlete turned real estate investor. I spent the last eight years of my life studying mindset of elite performers and applying those lessons to my own life. In my pursuit for success, I've sought out wisdom from mentors who are doing exactly what I want to do in all areas of life. So I've asked that they share their wins and losses with me. And in my search for those answers, this podcast was born. I wanted to share that valuable advice that I was receiving from successful entrepreneurs, investors, and world-class athletes. So thank you all for tuning in. This show is for free, and my guests do give their precious time to be here, so I do ask for something in exchange to show our thanks. I ask that the price of admission be you share this. If you get any value, you go onto your social media, you share it with your friends, you share it with your family, you share it with your co-workers, you share it with people in the streets. Look, my goal is to influence one million people to invest in themselves and to unlock their own potential, and I can't do that alone. So welcome to another episode of into the mind. I'm your host Marlon Johnson. And before we get started, I do want to make sure that you are following me on Instagram. Got to do that shameless plug at mindset Marlon. And this is where you'll be able to stay up to date with everything that we got going on. We do host local meetups. We go out door knocking and I do investor hikes every Sunday. So if you want to keep in contact, if you want to know when we're doing that kind of stuff, Follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm going to post about it. Don't expect me to text you and remind you. Don't expect like anything fancy because I just won't remember. So follow me on IG. That's where you'll get hooked in. And remember, if you have a house that smells like cat pee, it's falling apart or it's literally on fire right now, I want to buy that house from you. So 516-220-3671. Give me a call. Even if the house isn't yours, maybe it's a neighbor's or a house you saw up the block, take the address down give me a call. And if I end up buying that house, I will pay you a finder's fee just for telling me about it. So let's get into it. Today, my guests are Corbett and Tristan of TK Property Solutions. I hope I said your name's right, by the way, guys. And awesome. They've absolutely been killing it in the real estate game. This husband and wife team down in Hawaii, aka the happiest place on earth, has been Mm -hmm. showing their real estate journey on social media consistently and I feel like I'm actually flipping houses with you guys based off how many videos you're dropping and you're just showing the process. I mean, you show everything from how you're doing the business to your seller follow-up calls, the remodeling, and everything in between. Your content is so much fun to watch. You keep the family involved. And today, I want to deep dive your story and learn about what it's like working in, on an island, really, where there's just a small pool of business and a small pool of people to work with. And I also want to dive deep about how you are working together as a couple and what you're doing to avoid potential pitfalls. So guys, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah. We're what's up, man? to
1: be here. Yeah. Super,
0: super excited. <laughs> so before we get into the real estate stuff, I am so curious. How did you two meet?
1: Oh, that's a good story.
0: That
1: is a good story. <laughs> Go for it. Um, we met because my mom was his boss. (laughs) Um, So I was doing my practicum or internship, one of those for my master's program. Um, And my mom headed a substance abuse residential treatment center for several years. She actually just retired. And um, it was easy for me to do an internship there and his desk sat right across from my desk. So we just stared at each other for several months and then I slid into his DMs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So I was a counselor at the treatment center and her mom was my boss. So I had a really like good relationship with her mother. And um all of a sudden she popped into the equation and I was like, who's that? You know, <laughs> talk to her mom and her mom loved me. So I actually got like an in oh, yeah. from from her mom. My so. mom
1: was like, oh, he has such a good family. He's so smart. And I was like, okay. She said, yes, the grass is green on that side. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love that. Oh my God. So like you got to just like build rapport by connecting with mom first. So it wasn't even like a cold call kind of situation. You were already like warmed up, prepped. I freaking yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you have an energy about you guys. Like seriously, like it's a very genuine dynamic. You know, sometimes you see almost like a couple on social media, and it feels like are they forcing it? Nothing about you two seems forced, and that's why I was so curious. I was like, oh my gosh! Like they genuinely look and feel happy. Like, oh, you guys are killing. We tried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look <laughs> so, got you guys into real estate. I'm curious. Like, how did that whole journey get started?
1: Um. So both of our families have been in the real estate world, I guess you could say, but they never made it a career. So his dad worked at the bank for several years and now heads Harry and Jeanette Weinberg Foundation, which is one of the largest land owners in Hawaii, in the state. And then my family has owned real estate um, since the beginning. And so my family has several rentals and stuff like that, a commercial building. So it's always been there, but we were like, what, how do we, how do we do what our families have done and take it to the next level? And then shortly after having our son, I was sitting on the couch and I saw a commercial for fortune builders. They come to Hawaii, they hold these seminars. And I was like, babe, we have got to go. Like we need to do this. So that's kind of how we got started was through Fortune Builders, and it taught us a lot of foundational stuff. But we needed a little bit more, so we just kept learning. We found paces, um, mentorship, and just the rest is history.
2: Yeah, she she one hundred percent dragged me into it. <laughs> um, she she pulled me in, and I mean, we after the first like few months, we were just like totally hooked. I, I tell everyone that she unlocked my hidden passion. Like I, I didn't realize how passionate I was about this business that we're in and she really pulled me in. So I'm another another thing that I'm super grateful for.
0: <laughs> oh, that is super cool. And it's funny because like sometimes like the fortune builders and like the, the Robert Kiyosaki, you like to see groups, they get like a bad rep. But you know, I think they do one thing really well, regardless of anything else. They get people interested and they kind of spark, right? They give them that jump start. And people may say, like, hey, it's overpriced. And even if it is overpriced, if it gets you going down that road and it turns into so much more, then that's just the cost of tuition, right? So that's super cool. I'm happy to hear that you two took that, you ran with it, and you're actually able to find out that you have a passion for this because Watching you two on social media, again, like that comes through. It doesn't look forced. It doesn't look like you're trying too hard. It's like, no, like you're genuinely enjoying every moment of every single day. So I am curious to know, right, that Hawaii is, at least from what I've heard, it's a pretty expensive place to live, right? The market can be super competitive. And I mean, you're on an island, right? You can't really go out and source anymore. So what's it like working with the Hawaii market?
1: This is his arena. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> I mean it it's a it's a difficult, unique, special market. There's there's a number of different things kind of at play, right? So we have super high price points. Our median home price is just under a million dollars. Wow. So along with that comes uh, a pride of ownership and people aren't really willing to let go of investments that they make that are that large, right? So that paired with uh, limited inventory, um, we're almost always in a seller's market here. It's really difficult to find deals. Uh, And so when we got into this, we actually were told that from a lot of other investors. We're like, don't come into this market. It's a super difficult market. like you're not gonna be successful here. but Tristan and I were born and raised here. Mm-hmm. We love this place. We drive around all the time and we see these distressed homes, right? And we're like, okay, we know we can do this in our backyard, you know And um, I'm a firm believer that as long as you're super consistent and you do something over and over, eventually you can make it work, mm-hmm. right? So, We uh, put our head down and got our marketing out there and, and our systems in place, and we've just been trudging forward. You know, it's a difficult market, but I mean, I feel like you can do business in any market.
1: Yeah. I also feel like what makes Hawaii unique is the relationships. And in any successful business, it's all relationships at the end of the day. But in Hawaii specifically, it's all who you know it's all the relationships that you have and it's um you know aloha at the end of the day it's treating people with respect it's treating people with integrity and that shows through and then that really helps perpetuate your business forward so i mean in hawaii there's a small group of us investors a lot of them are in the mentorship too so it's pretty cool and we just help build each other up and then whatever has worked for them can work for us. What connection do you have here? And, and sharing resources, I think, is also a key ingredient to making our business successful here in Hawaii.
0: Wow. You know what? I couldn't agree with you more. Right. And that's something, you know, we we're just talking about it a little bit before we started the show. I'm from New York. Right. The same sort of market dynamic and What you two just said is something that if people are saying it, I wasn't hearing it in the very beginning, which is in these crazy competitive markets in these higher price points where it's basically always a seller's market. It's much more of a network heavy market.
1: You Mm -hmm. need
0: to be talking to everybody. You have to collaborate with the realtors, with the title company, with other wholesalers, other investors, everybody needs to be working on deals together Because the deals are going to come more through word of mouth, through the grapevine, through someone's aunt just told the mailman about something going on. And the mailman reached out to his friend who's in real estate, who then picks up the phone and calls you because they've been watching your content on social media, right? And they say, hey, let's do this deal together because I have no idea how to work it on my own because there are so many moving parts and we don't know how to bring all of it together. So I think that is crazy important. And I'm happy to hear that you guys are really tapping into that and you're exploring that so when it comes to i would say networking and connecting in these larger markets what are you doing or what have you found has helped you to source deals and to find i would say the right people to collaborate in your space like how how have you been going about that is that something that's been accidental or is that something that's a little bit more systematic and thought out
2: i think there's a couple, couple of things that we're implementing right now, but people always say here in this market that the realtors are the Kings, like they own the Hawaii market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that is true. Right. So what we have, what we have done is just nurtured and build tons of relationships with realtors, uh, where we're consistently. So every week I reach out to 10 new realtors, and talk story with them, tell them how I can add them value, uh, what I can do, how we work, and, and try and build those relationships. We have a few that work really closely with us on our team, but we're doing a deal. We're just finishing a deal that came from a Realtor referral. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ran across a property. There was, it was a hoarder property. The owners didn't want to put any more money into it. That realtor had heard of us, right? So they reached out to our realtor and our realtor mm-hmm. showed us a property and we ended up buying it, a pocket listing, right? So we have other investors in our circle that all of their business, they do seven to 10 deals a year here and it, it's all realtor referrals. So getting those pocket listings before they go live on the MLS. So that's one thing that we've been building. Another thing is I've been building relationships with junk removal companies. So uh, we, we actually, it actually stemmed from that hoarder house. Yeah. We were like, okay, we got to get this junk out of here. Mm-hmm. Who do you first think of? A junk removal company, right? So. We called them and I looked at her and I looked at my wife and I said, "Bib, we, we can make something, something out here. of this. There's something here, right? We need to build a relationship with these guys, show them how we can add them value mm-hmm. and they can send us leads. They're the first people at the houses when the owners have made a decision to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, as we dug into it, it just made sense. Most of the time when these junk removal companies are going out to bid a job, they don't get the job. So they're going out and bidding these jobs. They're seeing these opportunities, but they never get hired. So the value we can bring is we come to the table. They send us the lead. That's it. I do all the work on the phone, lock up the deal. And if we get it, we'll hire them to do the junk removal and we'll pay them a referral fee. So we added value to them and they're like, okay, let's do it. You know? So that's another source of referrals for us.
1: Yeah. And then one more um, is we try to hold meetups. Um, we held one a couple months back. We're going to hold one again in July. And so, and and having those meetups be open to everyone, not just um, you know, experienced investors. Cause a lot of those were going on and those are great. Those serve like a mastermind, higher level networking purpose, but opening it up to the community at large is people that are interested in investing. Like you're creating, like Pace says, you're creating a little army of people that can bring you deals and you guys can JV together and you're educating along in that process. So those have been really, really important for us as well.
0: I love that, right? Because you know, first off, those all apply to like a market like New York, right? Mm-hmm. And what you said there as far as working with realtors first thing, right? You said working with realtors. And I think so many investors, especially the ones that are newer in the game, get it in their mind that we don't work with real estate agents, right? It's almost like they're over here and we're over here and we can't communicate. We can't talk together. They don't understand us, we don't understand them, and it's silly, right? Because at the end of the day, we're all in the same industry right and instead of working looking at it like you know what, i'm doing a deal against them it's, i should be doing a deal with them mm-hmm. why not right why can't we all work together and get a deal done together and change the language right hey let's go do a deal with an agent not get a deal from an agent but do a deal with the agent right what's wrong with them making money if they bring value to you so i absolutely absolutely love that that you even said you know this other agent you didn't say she reached out to you or he reached out to you You said they reached out to your agent, which was Mm -hmm. even closer. Yeah. Why would you not have an agent? Awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the junk removal, you guys, like one day I was in the sub two group and I saw you make that post and it blew Mm -hmm. my mind. And I said, holy crap, they're onto something like that is next level genius that I don't think I ever heard anyone else talk about. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you said something that made it click right? And you said this, I'm going to reiterate it for the audience. You said that when the junk removal people come to a home, that's a hoarder house, right? Typically these people, when they're still living there, they don't actually want to get rid of the stuff. So the junk people come, they get these appointments, they get these leads, they show up, but then they don't actually get hired because this person is still in arms and they still live there. So now if you come and you purchase the home, guess what? Yeah. I mean, I still got to get this stuff out of here. So why would I not hire you that brought the lead to me? So that was like key and clutch. And hopefully people really picked up on that and are actually going to take action with that information. And then, you know, finally hosting those meetups, I, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, like the high level meetups are super cool. We all want to connect with the Pace morbies and Steve Trains of the world. But, you know, like you're like, it sounds like you guys found what I found as well, where The newer people bump into opportunity way more often, and they're the ones who need help closing the deals, who need help moving the deals. And that creates a place for collaboration and partnership. So when people will say like, yeah, I don't really want to talk to the new guys. I'm like, the new people are like literally bumping into opportunity all day long because they have no clue what they're doing. They're just taking action. So yes, you should be catering to them.
1: 100
0: so That's so cool. I love that you guys do that for your community. So, as you've been doing the the meetups, right? What's been the experience so far with people coming out? How's that been going for y'all?
1: COVID made it a little interesting, right? And Hawaii's been super super strict. I think we only opened up where you don't have to wear your mask outside and you can finally gather in like the last month or two, right? Yeah. Like it's been super strict, but we just wing it, you know, we always just, just wing it and figure it out. So, um, it's been great. And there's all walks of life that come out, you know, and you meet so many people that can bring value. And a lot of the times they're like, how can I bring you value? Like, for example, there was a guy who showed up, he was the first person at the meetup. He came early. He was like, I'm in the, I'm in the neighborhood. He works for Hawaiian electric in Hawaii. That's a gold mine. Like what you have connection with that Hawaiian electric, you know, cause we're doing, Um, we're upgrading electrical you know we're having to involve them so people don't realize that they can bring value just by meeting one another and talking story and and um, I think Kamai has been in contact with that guy saying you know like this is what you got to do and then it kind of ties into social media and our purpose of being loud on social media because you never know who's watching and how much money you can raise from social media to fund deals and the connections that your audience, who you're really meeting and you don't even know it and they'll reach out and it's just amazing, amazing how the collaboration can just unfold organically. It's just so cool.
0: Yeah, you know what? And actually I wanna speak about that, right? Because again, you two on social media, you have been loud and in a positive way. Like it's entertaining, it's educational, and it's inspiring for anybody who's watching because they are getting to see you go through the journey day by day. And they're also seeing that you're not total robots, right? You've got a family like yesterday. The father's day post was super awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, falling up like <laughs> <that was cool. laughs> You know, so how has social media been changing your business and is it something that, you know, you found out on accident, like what's, what's that been like for you, the social media journey aspect of your business?
1: monumental it's such a game changer i think once you get out of your head and you um realize that at the end of the day whoever needs to see or hear the content is who you're trying to reach not all the other just noise makers and you stop focusing on that and you're focused on like how is this going to help somebody it's huge he um knew the power of social media because he his first passion before real estate was photography, and he grew a pretty substantial following on his um, photography page. So he knew the power of it and how you have to be consistent, you have to be engaging and all that stuff. And for me, I was like, I don't care about any of that. I I don't care about that. But once I really took it seriously and started consistently posting, which it takes effort, It, it does, and it takes time and it takes thought, but it's so worth it because You just can, like I said, you meet so many more people and you never know who has what and how you guys can collaborate. And the the doors that get opened just from you posting about your day is amazing. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, we, I think, like she said, I did see the value in it. And just like everything else, we have a ton of mentors, Mm -hmm. right? And the ones that we really, really admire we're like, okay, you guys got to get on top of this social media thing, yeah. right? Like, there's there's so much value, right, in social media. So one of the biggest things for us is we both come from a helping background, mm. right? So we love to give back, and we see so much value in giving back. Uh, social media became that outlet for us. One of the one of those outlets. So being able to being able to do what we love, but also give it away on social media has really come back tenfold. So I think in the beginning, uh, so one, one, of the, one of the big things was raising private money, right? So we, we've raised a ton of private money through social media and all we're doing is sharing our story. We're sharing our story, our passion, giving value to whoever needs it, right? But in that process, people are asking us to, to take their money, right, to use their money to make them money. So it it literally has become one of our biggest ways to raise money. But it is also fulfilling something in us, letting us give back. So
1: yeah, totally. That's so important to us. Because in the beginning, like he said, people were like, you can't do this. Or, you know, even our family was like, yeah, but what are you talking about? You know, like, how are you going to do all that? How are you doing this? That doesn't make any sense. You know, we were, we had a lot of deterrence, people telling us no, and not lending a helping hand. And we said, you know, we're going to do this business regardless. And as, as we start to get traction and momentum, we just want to share whatever we can with open arms and, and help whoever we can, because that wasn't the case when we first started. We felt very alone. We felt all, like being on an island, on an island, you know, like, and we, we made it our mission to not be that way. We never, ever want to keep all the information to ourselves and be out here. We just want to, like I said, open arms, however we can share is what we want to do.
2: We're, we're, <laughs> we're literally just normal people. We, <laughs> when we start when we started uh, our first slip, we had no money. Like we, we just had a passion and a desire and we knew that this was the path that we were going to take and we're like, let's figure it out. So we, we started to figure it out and all we want to do is share that with other people. Like, like she said, when we started, everybody was like, don't do it. You're going to fail, you know? And, and it's, it's, it's upsetting to me because I know the possibility and potential and everybody can do it right so being able to share that social media is just that perfect outlet to do so
0: that is so cool i love that you look at it too as a way of giving back right Mm -hmm. because that's really what it is when you really analyze it you are giving back because people are being inspired right people are being motivated people are being educated they're being entertained with the videos that you put out right? And you're giving to them on so many different levels, right? You're showing the transparency of stepping into the business, of running it day to day, doing it with a family, doing it in a relationship, which we're going to get into, because we got to figure out how (laughs) to keep it happy while running business together, because that's no joke. And I love what you said, right? Because when you're showing it, because I can vouch for this as well, I raised money through social media, and it wasn't from asking people to give me money right which a lot of the times when we first hear raise money through social media we think okay so i need to put out a post asking people for money no it's exactly what you said you just need to show them the process you're essentially building your credibility you're building your resume with them and it wasn't something i realized until after i was trying to raise money and i reached out to a few people and they were like okay yeah you can have the money i was like you don't want to ask me more questions sure like, no, no no i've just been watching you on social media i've been seeing everything that you're doing i love it i was like Holy crap. Like, so that, cool. I'm doing the work. Yeah, it's so effing cool. It's so cool. Yeah. So I love that you showcase everything. And people should really follow that, right? Just you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be somebody else. Just show your situation, show your journey. And the world will resonate with it. Whoever it's meant to resonate with, it will resonate. And you said something so, like, I want to emphasize this because it was so cool. You said you were getting loud on there. Because you're on an island and you felt like you were even on a smaller island, right? Which I truly understand that. So like I, when you said that, I was like, it touched my soul. I was like, oh, <laughs> right. Because in the beginning, when you're doing this, you will feel alone. And that's just normal. Right? You're stepping out of your comfort zone. You're stepping out of the circles of influence you're already a part of. So now when you're going out there and you're sharing, hey, this is what I'm about. This is what I'm learning. I haven't done it yet, but I'm moving towards it. You're now letting other people know that you're interested and they might have that same interest, but they're keeping it quiet as well because they're a little nervous. Now you're like this lighthouse guiding them home, right? It's dark Mm -hmm. out there. The waters are treacherous, but then this lighthouse starts shining and they're like, Oh, I can see the way there are more people. There's safety over there. And then Mm -hmm. we gather and collect. So keep on doing that. I love the social media posts. I love it all. Um, and I want to dive into something now. This is really, really serious. <laughs> Being in a relationship and working in business together. I feel like that can be very stressful. I, I don't feel, I know it can be stressful at least from my past experience of like doing it. Like my girlfriend and I, we actually started this business together. We're still mm-hmm. together as far as this, but a uh, business-wise we realized mm, we don't work as well together. So what's, working for you what whatever you found worked for you to, or was it something that just naturally clicked and you never had to think twice about it?
1: Not natural. Not, <laughs> not, a, not natural. at all natural. It, <laughs> it was a
2: very, uh, a, a learning process, uh, and it t- took some definite effort to put things in place. So yes. I'll let, I'll let Tristan talk oh about gosh. it.
1: <laughs> I think the first year we were both doing everything. And so we're marching in the same direction, but we're both butting heads trying to get there. It just made no sense. And I think that's because we were bottlenecking the process because we're both busy doing the same thing, stepping on top of each other. Um, So once we have figured that out and and we don't have it all figured out, we're still a work in progress. We're still refining everything and, and figuring out what each other's like super, super good at but we started figuring it out. And that is where, um, I do more of the paperwork stuff and I'm more behind the scenes and I'm more, um, talking to contractors and like design project management and he is acquisitions, acquisitions, marketing, all of that. So, and once we defined those roles and do our best. I'm not saying every day we don't. There's not some overlap because we do come together when he's talking about a seller or I ask him for a design idea. There is some overlap. But once we primarily figured out that you stay over here and I'll stay over here, it just helped immensely. It took kind of like this pressure off of us Um, and we're able to function appropriately. I think the hardest thing that we're having is, I don't know if you guys can tell, but we're both visionaries. We both (laughs) are bulls. We both like to kind of be in control and, um, like I have ideas and just want to do this all day, you know, but, um, I have more integrator qualities as far as organization and paperwork, even though I don't love it. But me being in that role for now, I think is just helping us. And who knows what, you know, we'll do in a year from now. As we talked before we started the podcast, you know, we're trying to go into some virtual markets and bring on a business partner. So we're excited for the future. But yeah, our roles and having a weekly meeting with each other as to what he's working on, as to what I'm working on, reminding each other of what (laughs) needs to get done in the business um and it, not every day is smooth you know because we're business partners <laughs> and we're in a marriage so um knowing when to turn it off i think it's easier for me than it is for him you can't ever turn it <laughs> off
2: <laughs> it's difficult no um, but so like she said we did the same thing the first year and we were just like this Mm-hmm. And it spills over into your personal life, yeah. right? So when you're like this in your business, it's really hard to turn that off. So mm-hmm. we, we had to figure it out. I think what, one thing that really helped us was Rocket Fuel. We read Rocket Fuel. Mm-hmm. It, it helped us in understanding what a visionary integrator role was. What we realized is that we were both visionaries, right? <laughs> so it made sense that we were butting heads like this. Right, so we had a choice. We had a, we had to figure it out. We had to say, okay, I have no integrator qualities. Like I'm horrible at that stuff. My wife hates doing it, but she's really good at it. She doesn't think she's really good at it, and she doesn't enjoy it. That's why. But she, she does. She can do it and do it at a high level. Mm. So we picked lanes. That's all I say. Yeah. Okay these are the two lanes, I have to do this and stay here, you do that and stay there. Mm -hmm. And not only did that like transform our business and catapult us to the next level, but it made this not happen as much. And it reflected on our personal life, which means the most to me because without, I mean, I can be the most successful businessman in the world, right? And make all this money and help all these people, but if I lose the people that I love, then that doesn't mean anything to me, right? So having to figure that out, if you're in a husband-wife and wife relationship, like try and figure that out in the beginning. Like that is, that is important. I yeah. think we're consistently learning and getting better and refining, but those like rocket fuel uh, figuring out our lanes really, really helped us immensely.
0: That's yeah. big. I, like, I couldn't agree with you more. Like it took me some time to realize that it took us some time to realize that we sat down and recognized much later. I was like, Oh, like you, both of you were both visionaries and it's challenging. Right. And I think I've seen a lot of couples get into relationship or into business together and not figure that differentiator out. And then, like you said, it spills over into life. It comes out of the business because then there is no longer this dividing line. You're seeing them at work. And then when it's supposed to be time off, you're still kind of mad about work. And then you're diving back into work the next day and it just becomes this crazy headache. So I'm happy that you two have figured out something so far as far as picking the lanes and working. And I love what you said, right? You still hold a meeting with one another, right? Checking in weekly. And It's not just checking in on the business, I imagine. I imagine it's also just checking in with, hey, how are you still feeling with this? How are you feeling with your role? Are you overwhelmed? Are you underwhelmed? Where do we need to move? Where do we need to pivot? And keeping that line of communication open is probably the most important thing ever. So that's super cool to see that you both do that. And you you both are definitely visionaries. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's like I said, it's a work in progress. But I think what also is helping us um is like doing stuff together that's not work like playing pickleball hanging out with the family um you know every Thursday night we're at his parents house and we're just with our kids and with our family and um we try to do pickleball everyone says it's an old person sport but it's so (laughs) fun it's so good not an old person (laughs) sport um We try to do that twice a week, you know, so just doing other things together that you're not thinking about working, you're just having fun. I think is really helping all aspects of our life. And then it only strengthens the business relationship, if that makes sense. And the marriage relationship.
0: It makes perfect sense. So actually this is a question I have for both of you. And I'm curious to hear the answer when it comes to unplugging, right? At those certain times, right? I think one of the hardest things about being an entrepreneur is you now set the clock, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're not working a nine to five where at five o'clock, you know, leave, like you're being kicked out of work. We don't want to pay you anymore. Go home, right? Now working for yourself, working on your own, that nine to five doesn't exist anymore. So if you don't create it for yourself, you know, it can get a little squirrely. So what do you do to ensure that, you are cutting them off time. Do you do like hard stops and then like say, Hey, this is family time, like turn the phone off or are those lines still heavily blurred?
1: I think on certain days there's a hard stop. And then on other days it's blurred. So like I said, like on a Thursday, hard stop, hard stops, it's family time. Um, on, on like our weekly meeting days, hard to stop. It's a constant struggle. You're exactly correct, because as entrepreneurs and in the real estate game, like it's fast paced, you, you have timelines, you got to be always on top of stuff. Um, but for me, time walking is something I have to do otherwise I will do nothing because I'll just sit in this like space of being overwhelmed and then I'll just like shut down <laughs> I'm like I just can't do anything so if I just time block and I know from this time to this time I have to do this I know it'll get done you know what I mean and I, if I stick to my time block I feel balanced if I don't have something time locked in I don't feel balanced so like for me time blocking is huge 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 huge
2: yeah, I think, I think being an entrepreneur and the time thing is a blessing and a curse, right? Because out of nine to five, exactly like you said, at five o'clock you clock out and you go home, right? Uh, a lot of times people are like, yeah, you're an entrepreneur. You have all this time in the world, right? You can set your own schedule. But the hardest thing for me is turning it off. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's hard to turn it off. We get calls back from sellers. I mean, you know, all the time like you always have to have your phone on and when it rings you always answer that call so how do you how do you do it right so i think it's it's blurry for me for sure but luckily in our relationship there's a balance so like if i'm having to do this work my wife is there present right with our kids um, and for our family yeah. and and vice versa if she has to to work then I'm the one that's present with the kids right so we're we team up and conquer i think that that's what it is but yeah. time blocking time blocking is a major thing for both of us uh definitely sending those things i'm getting better at hard stops mm-hmm. but it's still blurry because if a, if a seller calls i'm jumping on that phone call you know yeah. no matter what we're doing so I think for us, we've mapped out our next five years, and we understand
1: it's grind time. It's
2: grind time. Like we're this five years, we're working and grinding, so we don't have to, right? Do that for the next forty years. Yeah. Right. We can what we can build in this next five years, and we see it clearly. Mm -hmm. We are. We have mapped it out clearly. Mm -hmm. It's head down grinding, building and then relaxing later on in life. So we understand that and we're, we're aligned with that. Yeah. And that's just kind of how it goes.
0: <laughs> that is so effing cool, right? Because that right there, what you just said is what people wish for, right? The clarity, right? Because it's like, huh, like you are certain, right? You know, this is what needs to be done and you have a plan. And you know, not for nothing, that's what it takes it truly does take, you know, in the beginning, we might be running around like a chicken with our head cut off, but then at some point we do get our bearings and it's not perfect, but there is a trajectory. There is a finish line. There's a start point in between whatever happens happens, but we know where we're trudging towards. So that's really cool to hear. So it sounds like you guys are pretty, like you have some core values that are locked in, right? And you're creating this culture on the Island for your community and internally this culture for yourselves where is an important thing. We make these hard stops. And then also through your social media, we see that you have a team of BAs, right? You have, essentially you have people that are on your team. So what sort of culture are you instilling for the team? Is it something that's spoken out loud or is it something that was just kind of put in place once and said and forget?
1: Yeah. Uh, We created it, and it all goes back to what I think our just our Hawaiian culture is, and it's Aloha. And we do meet with our VAs, we see them as part of our team, it's like, such a crucial component. But um, it's Aloha, our company culture is Aloha. So I mean, I can go over what each thing means. But um, it's, it's kindness, it's unity, it's perseverance, um, humility, and patience, because all of those things. So Akahai is kindness, Lokahi is unity, Olu Olu is being agreeable, gentle, um, ha-a-ha is humility, and um, the last is ahonui, and that's patience. So that's what I send out to our VAs. I said, "This is our values. This is our culture. This is how I want us to treat everybody and handle ourselves." And I just set that precedence from the beginning and reiterate it on the calls. And then every time we have a call with our VAs, we end it with declarations. You know, our I our, our I am statements. Which are pretty fixed, and but we add some new ones in every now and again. But um, yeah, it's so important, and then it builds your team. It builds the character of your team, and it builds you. And if you're not fueling your team, how are you going to grow it and then continually move forward?
0: You're going to be like hyped up right now.
1: Like, <laughs> like, that, like, that's like, ours.
0: I'm just like all right, like, let's go. Like I'm ready to run through a wall. And I know like the people, when they're listening to this, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm ready to go. Because that culture, it makes a huge difference. And I love what you said, right? It's not an affirmation. You said it's a declaration. Right? Declaration, you know, declaring, yes. Declaring this is who we are. This is who I am. This is how I show up because this is what I am. So I love that part right there. And your team is lucky to have you too leading at the top because or leading alongside them leading with them Mm -hmm. yes that matters big time and i'm sure that they've expressed their gratitude and i'm going to express my gratitude for putting that energy out into the world because we need more of it so you know, know. know we are rolling up near the end and i always like to ask these two questions near the end of every show which are my favorite questions right first off i'm big into reading So I always know most of the guests that come on enjoy reading as well. Can you name two books, at least just two, but no more than two, that (laughs) were absolute paradigm shifts for you? And I know you already said rocket fuel, so I'm going to pull that one off the table.
1: Yeah, pull pull that (laughs) one off. Let me pull up my book list
0: real quick. And your mind has like stretched and it never quite went back to being the same. What would you say Mm -hmm. those were for you? And it doesn't have to be real estate related. It can be anything.
1: A, a big one for me, I'll pick one and then you can pick one. Is that cool? Okay. So a big one for me isn't necessarily real estate related, but it just totally was monumental in my entrepreneurship journey and um made me think differently. And it's totally not going to be what anyone thinks, but it was tax-free wealth by Tom Wheelwright. Yeah. And it was because I was at that Point where I wasn't able to, you know, hire a CPA. I was doing it on my own, but I was like, how am I going to do our taxes and save money? And people just think it's a tax book. But for me, it really opened my mind to the possibilities of being an entrepreneur and what you can do and the benefits that come along with it. Because saving money is one thing, but keeping it and then why you're keeping it. The power of being able to keep it you know and and then what you can build from doing it that way so yeah unexpected but (laughs) tax free will by tom Wilwright. it really was a game changer for me mentally
0: i love that that's such a (laughs) good change that mentality around how you even look at money the money you keep and like oh my gosh when like you hear like when they ask like what's your biggest expense and everyone names like oh my mortgage my car note my Right? and then you recognize oh no it's taxes like i pay it when i get paid i pay it when i spend like it's going out every single time like game changer
1: yeah yeah what was yours babe so
2: i have a bunch <laughs> rocket fuel is definitely one that was unreal but growing up in hawaii and i'm a native hawaiian um from this land right from this place one of the things that always was just lacking Oh, like and, and it's and it's a systematic problem with our education system is financial education right so I never learned how money worked. I saw my dad like growing up he was really poor but he he worked his butt off and he became a very 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 successful Hawaiian right in this like white collar business world mm-hmm. like worked really hard to get there but he never learned about money through the, through the, through that process. He started making a ton of it, but he didn't know how to manage it. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, it's a super cliche, but rich dad, poor dad helped helped me immensely understand how money works. And I've seen it firsthand. Right. I've seen my dad make a ton of money in it. And I look back now, I'm like, dad, if you just put that money into real estate mm-hmm. or, into a, a, a good investment and let that money work for you. You would be a million times ahead, better off, yeah. better off now, right? right? Um, I think that really helped me understand and and had a mind uh, like a mindset shift for me. Yeah. Uh, another one is uh, profit first. So for oh, for our business, we we're not utilizing that model. And that, that was a mindset shift as well. And I know it was for her too. She, we, we read that book and immediately started implementing and it really has like changed our, our business immensely.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it matters, right? Because those mindset shifts are everything, you know, once you change perspective, it's something funny. I've read the, I'm sure you guys are familiar with thinking grow rich, right. By Napoleon Hill right? Mm-hmm. And that book, somewhere in the beginning, he basically tells you like, yeah, you're going to be rereading this book. And essentially, when you come back and you read it again, the words will never change, right? The words are locked in stone at this point. However, every time you come back, you change. You're a different version of yourself. So you're going to see in it things that are just brand spanking new. So when your perspective changed, so does the world. So I, I, I'm right there with you, you know, watching the generation before us, earn a ton of money and not necessarily do anything with it and realize, huh, you're still in this loop though. You can't actually stop, right? Mm-hmm. Robert Kiyosaki's uh, definition of wealth, which I like, he says, you know, wealth isn't necessarily how much money you have, right? It's what sort of lifestyle can you maintain if you stopped mm-hmm. working and how long can you maintain it for? If you're mm-hmm. earning a million dollars, right, but your lifestyle costs you a hundred thousand dollars a month, well, then great, you can only survive for 10 months. That's Thank not really that wealthy. No. So yeah. I'm right there with you. So I know I said I had two questions, but I do have to sneak one more in the middle before I give the last question because it's something I'm always, always curious about with people because I love it. I see the good vibes in the background, by the way. I just noticed that. <laughs> <some> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and good vibes are awesome. However, as you both know, it's not always good vibes in the middle of going through it right as we're growing and as we're going through the change you know we're able to smile and look back on it but sometimes when we're going through it we don't necessarily have that same smile on our face as we're encountering just the toughness of it right so what has been a challenge that you both encountered where you're like it wasn't necessarily pleasurable going through it but after you got through it you learned a lesson from it like what was that challenge and what was that lesson
1: oh my gosh there's so many <laughs> uh, one, cha- one challenge and one lesson
2: our, our first flip I know well I automatically <laughs> got our first flip too
1: but like what lesson there, were, there, was, like there was, was like so a million <laughs> many lessons
2: out of that but
1: oh I feel like our first flip was the um it truly, truly taught us perseverance and truly, truly taught us the power of reaching out that you do, if you, you don't have to be alone on the island, you do not, that is a choice. And if we chose to stay on the island, we could have lost a lot of money and we could have lost um, our ability to sell the house because of, um, you know, permits and stuff that was going on. So that's the lesson I think I wanna make sure people know is that in those hard times that aren't talked about, you know, it's all the, hey, I made this much and this is how amazing everything is. and And that's not all real estate, that's not life. It's like this, right? but as you get stronger and learn those lessons you you stay here no matter what's going on and you reach out you are not alone if we didn't reach out to um other contractors to bring them in to help finish the job and speed up the job and if we didn't reach out to our realtor and get her information because we our first flip went to market right when covid hit literally our entire community shut down and no one was allowed to do anything the week our house went to market so it was this very scary time and um there was just so many obstacles, but the perseverance and reaching out and talking to people about what you're going through and not being scared of being judged and what are people going to think? Who cares about all that? Who cares? Reach out and, and talk to people and, and get help. That was my biggest lesson.
2: Yeah, no, I I second that 100%. You just did a post on it like, I recently. I just did. You just did a story yes. on on those struggles finding right? a
1: solution in every and, and always
2: looking for that solution. For me, it's easy to get stuck. It's super easy to get stuck in that negative place. Um, and on our first flip, we learned so many, like I always say that's like our, we had a college education in our first Dude, flip.
1: We took Everything gut check after gut check. that
2: went wrong <laughs> could have went wrong.
1: Yeah. It could
2: have went wrong, but guess what? We never lost money on that flip, mm-hmm. and we came out that much better, right? So, I mean, in the end, I feel like like being being perseverant, right, and um, being able to to take all of those knocks, but then not get stuck in them. Yeah, like look for what the solutions are and find those solutions. And like I said, you're just on a slow, steady. Rise, uh, from there. So, that was a that was a good one, and and I always tell my wife this too. I'm glad that that happened.
1: Oh my gosh, so stoked! Because, that happened on the first one, <laughs>
2: because if our first one was peaches and rainbows and roses, unicorns, right? And we made a hundred thousand dollars and nothing went wrong, we would have experienced that. On another one down the road and it could have like killed our business so yeah. being able to learn that right up front uh really set the tone for our business and and like gave us a jump
0: start wow i i think right now like that's probably the best answer i ever had for that question like you guys <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yes, seriously, because it reminds me of a conversation i had with a, a buddy of mine charles out here right and he's like the number one flipper on the island just absolutely crushing it And that's something he always talks about, right? Because for him, when he got into the business, everyone sees him where he's at now. And it's like, Charles, man, how do I do this? Like, how do I be like you? How do I, he's like, listen, go get yourself extremely educated and put yourself through as much as possible because his first deal didn't come until about, I think two and a half years in, right? And he said, listen, if I had gotten my first deal right away, just like the first two months in the game and I made a quick 80K or quick 100K, I would have been shooting myself in the foot. Because I would have had this conception in my mind that it's just that easy. So then when Mm -hmm. it did start to get hard, why would I persist? I would just say, this is broken. It doesn't work anymore. And I would move on to something else. So Mm -hmm. there's so much to be had from going through all the tough stuff. And, you know, I'm glad that you both look back and you're able to say, like, I appreciate that. Like, I actually, Mm -hmm. I'm great. I never want to do it again, but I'm (laughs) happy. So that is heck yeah. I love that. So. Now, keeping with this uh, final question, let's imagine that you both wake up tomorrow, right? And you're a blank slate, right? You don't remember anything. You don't remember the relationships you've built. You don't remember the information you've cultivated. You don't remember the experiences you've had. You don't remember anything. In this case, since it's the two of you, you still, like, recognize each other. So you wake up and you look at each other and like, all right, she's safe, like, she's safe. So it's not like a saw movie. You're not freaking out for your life, but <laughs> everything's gone. However, there is one little seed of knowledge in your head, right? One little bit of wisdom that for whatever reason, you're taking it, you're running with it. You're not questioning it. You're just accepting it as truth. And from that point going forward, you're going to rebuild on that foundation of that little seed of knowledge. What would you want that thought to be?
1: Wow. That is such a deep question.
2: <laughs> you're like, yes.
1: Wow. <laughs> so one, one piece of not your blank slate and one piece of knowledge that sticks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What would it be? The, the thing that's like uh, comes to me first, just authentically is something about just making memories um, with the people that are important to me. I always think about like, what is life all about? And it's about, uh, for me, cultivating memorable moments in my life. And I know that you can do that in so many different ways. And I don't know if that's wisdom or, or whatnot, but that's like what just comes up for me. Um, So I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs>
2: so so for me i mean i love that one i feel like
1: that comes from such a pure place and that and it there has so many layers right like then if you just leave with that and that's your purpose it shouldn't matter um all the there's really no space for negativity in there that there's only space for positivity and all the other little stuff the daily grind stuff that in the big picture doesn't matter has no space either, because if you're just about cultivating memorable moments, this path is beautiful. Um, So yeah, that's what sticks. (laughs) Love
2: it, love it. I think, I I mean, it's kind of a segue. And for me, I've I've often been called um, Joe Aloha
1: Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so
2: I freaking love people. Like I just love human beings in all of their differences and uniqueness. Right. So relationships is, it pops into my head and I feel like I could build everything off of memorable, you like authentic conversations and relationships. 100%. Like You relationships are the key to everything in life. I believe
1: they are
2: in every single business. That's what's important. Right. In, in personal life, like relationships are what bring us together. And, and so that would be like my, my build. like I I could build everything off of
0: that.
1: Yeah.
0: I love that. You know, like, I love that both your answers are so similar and, Mm. I completely agree with you, right? Like these are now like becoming like some of my favorite answers because it's true. Like you would absolutely rebuild everything just by connecting with people. And again, showing up genuine, like building real relationships. I always tell people, you know, it's like I have a hard time remembering someone if I didn't get to go deep with them. So I don't like fluff conversations, you know, like that pleasantries. It's nice. I understand it. But if I don't get to go deep, it's going to be really hard for you to get logged into my brain long-term, you know? So yeah, like I, I'm all for that. You guys are awesome.
2: So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so people that are now super interested because they're like, oh my gosh, these two are awesome. Like I want to find them on social media. I want to connect with them. How can they go about finding you and following you?
1: Yeah, on social media, we post our entire life. <laughs> <It's-> Full
2: transparency. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's at Kamohai and Tristan. So um, K-A-M-O-H-A-I and Tristan, T-R-I-S-T-Y-N. That's where you can find us, DM us. Um, We respond. We're always down to chat and talk story and connect. That's what we're all about. So at Kamohai and Tristan on Instagram.
0: Awesome. So I'm going to put that in the description below. So people will have an easy time finding that they'll be able to just click on the link. And guys, if you enjoyed at all, what you listened to, if you want to connect, I would say, reach out, DM them, let them know what resonated, right? If you're in a relationship and you're in business, you know, reach out and talk to them about maybe what you're going through in your business and your relationship and see how you two can, you know, find a way to work together or work through some stuff. So guys, I seriously appreciate you so much for coming on today. I know with our time zone difference, like it was not easy to make it happen. (laughs) So it means a lot that you would be here, that you would share your experience with the audience. And I wish you the absolute best. I look forward to having you back on the show in the future to see how you've progressed you know on route to the 5 year plan to
1: the 5 year goal. Thank you so much for having us. It was the pleasure.
2: Yeah, super yeah. super happy. Like like literally um we'd love to do it again. So Yeah. Looking forward to it.
1: You're amazing. Thanks Appreciate you. Here.
0: Appreciate you guys. Okay, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean anything. If one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other. Okay, the best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe, make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.